0: A win is a win, but uh, scoring just 10 points in the fourth quarter and nearly blowing a 25-point lead against basically a G League team isn't great. Let's break down what happened in the fourth. Plus, we have bad injury news for Dyson Daniels. It's a Mardi Gras episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are locked on Pelicans Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras Day. I'm here to wish you a happy final day of carnival hopefully you're out celebrating honestly instead of listening to this show right now because the pelicans Eked out a struggle win over the Memphis Grizzlies, 96-87, being held under a hundred points. Again, but a win's a win. We'll talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Plus, we have an update on Dyson Daniels. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Become an everydayer and listen Monday through Friday. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to pricepix.com slash locked on nba and use code all lowercase locked on nba for a first deposit match up to $100 all right let's get into it because oh was this one rough pelicans beat the memphis grizzlies 96 87 so let's start with this right this is consistent with what i've said all season long this is a good team that's winning games that hasn't even come close to their ceiling we don't know if they'll actually reach their ceiling, but they're not a bad team despite them giving us some pause about how they go about things, right? A win is a win, and winning on the road in the NBA can be tough. The Pelicans are now 3-1 and one on this road trip. That's really good, right? Like, it's tough to get road victories. But back-to-back games scoring under 100 points against two really bad teams, basically like G League teams at times, is concerning. Scoring just 10 points in the fourth quarter in this one, isn't great, right? Almost blowing a 25-point lead. This is one game where I'm glad B.I. has that midi because they needed it. He had back-to-back baskets and a great dish to Larry to seal the win, but this team needs to figure out some cohesion on offense, right? We'll get into the the bad start And Jose Alvarado stepping in yet again to kind of save this team in the next segment. But they got behind early because they just didn't have the energy. Nothing cooking on them, uh, cooking offensively for them. And the defense was rough. And we'll get into that in the next segment as well, looking at Jonas Valanciunas. But they've got to figure out some cohesion on offense. There needs to be a general plan. And there kind of was here, to be honest with you, in the fourth quarter. Right? They were trying to go with point Zion for the most part. However, he went 0 for 4, and this team couldn't make a shot. They were 4 of 17 in the fourth quarter. That's 23.5%. 0 for 5 from 3. Herb Jones, who's been playing well and had a good game in this one, went 0 for 2. You also had CJ McCollum go 0 for 2. You know, CJ was three of six otherwise. Herb Jones was three of four otherwise. It wasn't like they were having bad shooting nights. It just kind of things went cold in the fourth and they just had no idea really what to do. When you look at Zion's four shots, missing all four, only one of them was like truly at the rim. He was trying to force things Otherwise, and given the poor shooting they had, him wanting to take over makes sense. But this is also one of those games where you wish he had a little bit something else in his bag, whether it is that handle being a little bit better because three of his four shots were blocked, so trying to evade those guys, or some sort of mid-range jumper. But I think the mid-range with the way they defend him would have been blocked as well. The Pelicans just had no kind of answer to this. And as much as I've been saying, I want to see more points Zion, I don't know if that would have worked in this game, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, well, and it mean it didn't. Right. So you needed to rely on Brandon Ingram to bail you out. And that worked. He had the three biggest plays in the fourth quarter. He's the only guy that made more than one shot. He was really one of four guys to make a shot. Right. Trey went one of one in the fourth. Larry Nance had that dish from Brandon Ingram. So of the Pelicans, 10 points in this one, he was basically almost like responsible for all of them. He was responsible for six of the 10. You can't score 10 points in a quarter. (laughs) Like, you just can't. Like, I don't know what to say here. You just, you can't do that, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say as they were just leaking points in this one. And look, they got this win more likely because the Memphis Grizzlies were just giving missing shots too, right? They went 0 for 7 from 3 in the fourth quarter. The Pelicans just escaped. I don't know if there's really much you can learn from this other than how do you create a little bit more space for Zion Williamson to get down hill. You know, they were getting him the ball at the top of the three-point line and letting him drive. That's great, but... Maybe you need other actions in there. You know, maybe you need some other off-ball movement to try and create a little bit more space for him. Because in this one, you saw that the opponent was not respecting the Pelicans' three-point shooters. And this is where you just need to make them pay. But when you go 0 for 5, right? Jose went 0 for 1. CJ was 0 for 2. And Herb Jones was 0 for 3. Like, that's uh, you got to make them pay, and the team didn't. And that's one of the risks of running kind of a Zion-centric offense. I still think it's the right thing to do. I think you've got to look at process over results, as we always say here on Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. But I wouldn't say that this one was particularly inspiring, right? Was there a way to get Brandon Ingram open for three? Would that have been a better move? Or was it better just to let him get to his spot and kind of take those shots that he's comfortable with? And I think that honestly might've really been it here. But this team, you know, overall shot well from three, in this game, right? B.I. took six. I like that number, hitting two of them. I'm fine with that. Herb Jones was 50%. C.J. was 37.5%, right? Larry made one of two. Trey is still in a shooting slump, one of five. Jose goes two for five. Najee Marshall goes one for two. They shot 37% from three, which is a very good number for him on 35 attempts. It's more than they often take. It's just in the fourth quarter, they kind of like, I don't know, like did not look cohesive again and trying to figure out what that is is worrisome because when are they going to figure out it out when are they going to put it together and kind of go on this run they're fifth in the western conference right now right like that's probably their realistic ceiling i think right now when you look at the top four teams those teams are all very very close if you go look at the standing so i'm not really upset where they are but do we feel comfortable or confident about them going into the playoffs if it were to start, you know, in, in a week? And I, I really wouldn't be here. And that's something that, you know, ultimately you've got to kind of think a little bit about here. Literally the top four teams in the West are separated by one game. Minnesota's half a game up on the Clippers and Thunder and one game up on the Denver Nuggets. And then the Pelicans in fifth are five games back. So they're still close. That's not insurmountable. It's still not going to happen, but... It's kind of fun to see how close it is there. And then you have the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th seed all within a game and a half of each other. So it's, it's tight in the West. You've got to play good basketball. That's why, look, a win is a win. Take it. Don't complain too much. But it wasn't great here. Also, like, I don't know. No Jordan Hawkins in this one is a little bit surprising given that Dyson Daniels, we'll talk about him in the third segment here, was out You know, maybe you needed more shooting in the second half, but it was really just kind of that fourth quarter where things started to fall apart for New Orleans. You know, they kind of held serve in the third quarter. I'm not sure if there was an opportunity to play him or not. I don't know if you want to play him in the fourth quarter there, but at a certain point, you just need more offense to pile it on. And if you weren't doing that in the third, maybe it was an option, but I'm not going to nitpick that one. Let's talk more though, something else to nitpick. The lack of energy in the beginning of the game, and how it could have impacted the fourth quarter here? Let's talk about that coming up here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans, because it was Jose Alvarado who saved them yet again. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over three million members. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Pick more or less on the stat projection for two to six players, and then just watch the winnings roll in. And now you can win up to a hundred times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn ten dollars into a thousand. They also offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's a first deposit match up to $100 when you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that. Easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Mardi Gras day and we got a show for y'all. Go out and celebrate. Maybe don't think about the Pelicans What was the final score? 96, 87 win. That was just kind of gross, right? Like that was just not a good game. It's just how it goes sometimes here. So if you want to know about other things going on in sports, maybe skip this one. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. You can also now find it on Amazon Fire TV. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. That's really cool. Okay, let's look at the Pelicans in their kind of slow start here. They won the first quarter. Let's be clear. They won the first quarter 31 to 26, but they found themselves behind by eight points early on. And it took Jose Alvarado coming into the game to really uplift this team and give them the energy boost that they really needed. It was basically the whole bench mob coming on in and giving them what they needed. And That's what elevated this team for the most part. It was really interesting to see how early on certain things weren't working and Willie Green made a change quickly. First and foremost, let's start with Jose Alvarado who saved this team yet again, right? Najee also really helped with all of this too. So thank goodness for both of those guys. You know, how important Jose is to this team despite his limitations cannot be overstated, right? Think about it this way. This team barely held on, and that had more to do with Memphis missing shots than anything. But what if they had a bigger cushion? What if they were up 35 instead of 25? We wouldn't have sweated this one out as much, right? What if they had played a team that had more NBA players than G League players, which the Memphis Grizzlies like, really don't do? How could this one have gone differently, and would we be looking at an L for the Pelicans instead of the win? Those are the type of things you've got to look at in this. Just a win is a win, they're all not made the same. And sometimes these past results can kind of be predictive of future performance, future results. And that's what's worrying about this, right? If you came out and you won that first quarter by 10, let's say, you know, and they won it by how many in this one would I say? They won it by what is that 5 so say they won it by 10 you win this game 10187 and you feel a whole lot better and it's not just a 9 point victory here where they got it really close late in the fourth quarter that's what you need to be doing right it's foot on the gas the whole game and this team just doesn't do that you know, you look at some other teams, you know, they're capable of it, right? Look at that win over the Los Angeles Clippers, where they went wire to wire. Every time the Clippers made a run, they kind of kept their foot on the ass and kept going. But in this one, you felt like they were going to lose. Against the Clippers, I didn't. So this one was just one of those kind of like eye-opening games where you get really concerned here. It also highlights, look, the limitations they have around Jonas Valanciunas. You know, he had about as rough of a game as he could possibly have and this is why they were trying to upgrade from him or look for upgrades from him at the NBA trade deadline right he was a minus 17 in this game he played 17 minutes and 30 seconds he was one of four he had six rebounds three assists those numbers are good But he was just targeted in the pick and roll, particularly early. The Memphis Grizzlies had a game plan, and they went at him. Every time he was out there on the court, they were just trying to run it right at him, and they were winning those battles more often than not. They were winning those battles every single time. And... Larry Jr. came in, you saw some limitations with that in the fourth quarter, but they, they desperately needed that kind of different, more mobile big man out there on the perimeter to limit the easy pick and roll opportunities that Memphis was getting. Again, this is the limitation with Jonas Valanciunas. This is why I've said, as much as I said, don't trade him, he's going to hurt you in the playoffs, right? Like he's going to hurt you in the playoffs. They're going to have to deal with this in the postseason at some point. That's going to be a thing that could crash them out of there. But you know what? you got to get there in the first place and Jonas has won them as many games as maybe he has been could lose and look you know does he match up well with the clippers does he match up well with certain teams here you know the the denver nuggets and all of those teams like no absolutely not does anyone match up with nikola jokic though however the problem is I think, where you look at this and it's like, okay, you got to get into the postseason in the first place, right? The Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, some of these top teams, he's going to be a liability against. But you know what? doesn't matter if you're not playing them because you missed the playoffs and Jonas has helped you more often than he hasn't at this point which is why I said don't trade him at the trade deadline to make this team worse I don't think this team is going to win an NBA title this year just get into the postseason get some of that experience figure it out this offseason make your big move and then go into next year really trying to be a bit more of a cohesive and different team that's what I want to see this franchise do. That's what they did, right? So that's a good situation I think they find themselves in. But you saw the limitations in, you know, as much as I'm on team, don't trade Jonas, it was don't trade Jonas this trade deadline because I did not see an upgrade. Daniel Gafford's having two good games, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he would have been a significant upgrade over Jonas Valanciunas or won them as many games as Jonas has won them. However, it was trade, don't trade Jonas at the trade deadline. It was, oh, if you want to trade him after this, off season or during this offseason, after this season, because that's where I think you'll actually be able to get an upgrade, right? Jared Allen wasn't available, if Miles Turner wasn't available, some of these other players weren't available, well, then you know what? Wait and make the move when you can maybe reignite some of those talks, look at other options here for the New Orleans Pelicans. So those are the moves that I want to see them make. But let's make no mistake, Jonas was a liability in this one, and hopefully that doesn't, you know, hurt. And keep hurting the Pelicans here against a good team they could have lost this one again I think it had more to do with Memphis missing shots than anything else here in the lack of offense for the Pelicans but whew, you can see why they they want to change it up at the center position as good as Jonas has been for the team and as consistent and he's been for the team but yeah there's limitations there there's going to be a liability there potentially but look Doesn't matter if you don't get there, right? If you make a conference finals and you lose to the Clippers, the Suns, because of Jonas Valanciunas, I think we're all going to call it a great season. Go home happy and knowing that this team will make a significant upgrade at the end of the year. So, I don't know, credit credit to Jose. Let's go back to that, just giving the energy off the bench. But if they can get that stuff figured out earlier on, I do think this team could be a little, make us a little less stressed, which would be super nice. But a win's a win. As we said, three and one on the road trip, right? They have a winning record on the road this season. They're 17 and 12. That's great. They're 15 and 10 at home. They're 10 games above at thirty two and 22. That's nearly winning 60% of your games. You know, that's great. I'm happy with this team. Win's a win. Get it. Move on. Let's try and get better. And, you know, you have opportunity to go get another victory before the All-Star break Wednesday at home against the Washington Wizards, who almost just beat the Dallas Mavericks, by the way. But they're 9-43. and That's bad. They're only one game better than the Pistons right now for the worst record in the NBA. That's kind of interesting, too. So, Pelicans have a chance to build a little bit of momentum heading to the break, get some rest, get healthy, because health... Not great right now for Dyson Daniels. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to let you know how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week. Can we find some minutes for Jordan Hawkins, please, 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 please find some minutes for Jordan Hawkins to see him grow, put more shooting out there. Maybe that makes things a little bit better for Zion Williamson and the others out there on the court. So look, therapy can be different for everybody. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible, suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Becoming every dare. That's what I needed to say. Listen Monday through Friday. Tell friends about the show. This team's good. They're going into the all-star break. Get them clued in for the final stretch run of everything here. I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it as well. One thing we're not excited about Injury to Dyson Daniels. From the press release, the New Orleans Pelicans announced today that guard Dyson Daniels sustained a torn lateral meniscus in his left knee. Daniels is being further evaluated to determine appropriate treatment options. A more detailed update will be provided when available. In 52 games, 15 starts this season, 15 and a half points, 3.7 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.4 steals, and almost 22 minutes per game. Oh, that's not fun. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but I think it's safe to say that we won't be seeing him for a little while. And that's very disappointing. This could be something that probably rules him out. Who wouldn't be surprised for the rest of the regular season and probably just done for this year, which is disappointing because you really started to see him be such an impactful defender and started to build more confidence in recent weeks. Some of the dunks, some of the shot attempts at the rim from him that we weren't seeing before his three-point shot this year while inconsistent was definitely improving it felt like and it seemed that if he could just generate a little bit of offense he could be really good and important for this Pelicans team and it's disappointing to see him go down like this and that we won't see him you know any more likely anymore I don't I don't know for sure anymore this season but he still has a bright future his game and everything is not based off athleticism so surgery and a knee injury like this don't truly worry me this is not a guy that's like going up and down and kind of playing with a lot of verticality where those type of meniscus injuries really concern you so I have no doubt that he'll come back be better than ever and really be able to make an impact on this team in the offseason but it's a bit of a setback right like these type of injuries if they do end up taking longer can really limit some of these guys You know, Kyra Lewis Jr. after his knee injury just never had another opportunity, right? Like I don't think this will bleed into next season for Dyson Daniels, but if it does, you know, and he's not in the rotation, it's tough to work your way back to get into that, being a younger player here with everything. So it's very much disappointing to see that this is how his season maybe maybe ends. We'll see. We'll hopefully get a good update on everything once they've kind of looked at what they need to be doing when it comes to this. Hopefully, maybe it's just rest. We'll see. Find out more about that. Another update on the front office side of things, the... Charlotte Hornets are moving Mitch Kupchak into an advisory role. They have not been good this year, though they've actually won two straight games, I believe, here. But they're sitting at 12-41, and their third worst in the Eastern Conference. They are going to go through a bit of a rebuild here with everything. Mitch Kupchak, their general manager, former general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers, is moving more into an advisory role. One of those things where they say advisory role is like, we're firing you, but you're under contract. And we don't want to just give you money to go away. So we're going to have you do some like other stuff for us. And we're going to move you into another area or something like that, right? Like that's what that means. Wasn't Pete Carroll with the Seahawks moved to an advisory role? Not straight up fired, right? Because they don't want to just let him go and go do whatever. We may as well like have you do some work if we're paying you. That's almost always what that ends up meaning here. So wasn't there... There was one... Advisory role, NBA. Wasn't there a a coach, right, that they moved to in the NBA? Who was it? Um, I can't even... Oh, what, it was literally the Wizards who we were going to see on Wednesday. They moved Wes Unsell Jr. to a front office advisory role, right? Like, they were firing him, but it's like, you're under contract, so we're going to put you somewhere else. Like, that's entirely what this is. It also lets you get a jump on getting your replacement in the building. A replacement, who in the reports about this, I think it was over at The Athletic, was... Trajan Langdon from the New Orleans Pelicans. Langdon is the general manager of the Pelicans. He's essentially second in command, though not exactly that, to David Griffin, who's the executive vice president of basketball operations. You know, Trajan Langdon has handled a lot of the scouting, a lot of the G League, and kind of the player personnel side of everything. And when you look at some of the drafting that this team has done, things have looked very good. Herb Jones has been great. We have high hopes for Trey Murphy. Jordan Hawkins looks like he was the exact right... Uh, pick for the Pelicans here you can throw in Jose Alvarado with all of that too EJ Liddell you know there's still potential there for a lot of that Dyson Daniels all of those are guys that he's really had a hand in so hearing his name get brought up for another to just run the front office and essentially be the number one guy you know isn't necessarily shocking Langdon was you know in the running for David Griffin's job essentially When they made that hire, they thought very highly of him. They wanted to bring him in and have him be involved and certainly paid a lot of money to do that, to bring him in. He's been that, I think, sought out through a number of teams around the league. So it was probably only a matter of time before he was going to have kind of the opportunity to be the number one guy, run a team, run a franchise. I don't know if Charlotte's exactly what you want to do with that, but there is potential there that he could be poached and end up taking that job. you know. And I think that says something good about what New Orleans is doing here. If this was a dumpster fire, if they weren't fifth in the West, if things were bad, certainly other teams wouldn't be looking to poach some of the people here. This says something about what they've done here, what they're building here in New Orleans. So We'll see where that goes. Certainly would like to keep them, but you want guys to kind of go go get their jobs and do their thing. And it'll allow New Orleans the opportunity to bring someone else in who's maybe young and up and coming and continue to kind of build that sustainable success, sustainable winning, just sustainability in general, like they need in a small market team. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Happy Mardi Gras. Go celebrate now. I know I'm about to go do that. Uh, we'll see about... But tomorrow show, Wednesday show, we'll, we'll find out. More likely than not, I would say. I'm going to try and be good today. So thank you all for listening as always. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. This has been the Locked On Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On podcast. Network your team every day. See y'all maybe tomorrow.